Welcome to Activate with Pastor Christian Newsom, a podcast of Journey Church International. Hey everyone, thanks for listening to Activate, a podcast designed to not only talk about faith, but to challenge you to make it an active part of your life. I'm Brandon Reeve, and we're excited that you're listening. This is episode five, and today we are having an extended conversation with Pastor Christian about a recent message entitled Jesus and My Spouse from our new series, Better Together. Christian, before we jump into the uh, conversation, we actually had a question from a listener uh, from our Mood Swinger series, Finding Emotional Health. A listener writes in, how, how much of a role does the enemy, Satan, play in our emotional unhealthiness? Do we often overestimate or underestimate his impact in our lives? And how can we prevent his influence in our emotional lives? So, Brandon, that's a great question. Um, and I'm glad our people are asking questions. So thanks for asking the question. I'm going to give two answers that actually contradict each other today. Um, first... Satan does play more of a role than we could ever imagine, according to Ephesians 6.12 that says our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, authorities, powers of this dark world, against the spiritual evil in the heavenly realm. So, so we have to both see evil and sin within us and within the culture and fight against that in a very real way. So yes, it's very, very real. However, uh, we have tools to fight and defend against this. Right. And if we refuse to reorganize our our lives around God first, family second, spiritual family, uh, if we don't have ideal weeks, if we don't have our green pastures, if we don't make an honest assessment of our spiritual fruit, um, that's not the devil's fault. That's misplaced priorities. Or even worse, as we learned from Adam and Eve, it's just having our real priorities exposed, right. which show God and family. Um, they come way down the list of uh, of what's most important. So, you know, is there spiritual tension? Yeah. Um, but a lot of it is is just intentionally living you know, in a, in a way that protects you and builds you spiritually. It's good. It's putting up those boundaries, those walls that protect you. That's good, Christian. Thank you. That was helpful. Uh, we are about to start a brand new series, or, or you're going to hear some really good stuff today from our marriage series, and you're going to have some questions, not only on marriage, but on relationships in general. So we want to hear from you. Send us your questions to activate at Take the Journey. Dot cc let's let's jump into uh, to talking about your message christian because it was very good christian you mentioned something in your message that actually shocked me right out of the start you, you stated that eight years into your marriage with with danielle you had never taken a trip alone together why why was that well the only honest answer i can give is that it clearly wasn't important. Um, you know, Danielle and I started fast when we got married. Um, we had fast moving jobs immediately. We had kids within two years. Uh, sadly, we had idiotic levels of debt. Uh, we were obsessed with our jobs and our hobbies and married stuff came last, which meant often not at all. Uh, we saw a lot of each other during the day. So I think we kind of thought, why waste time and money, take days off, leave our kids with somebody we might not trust just to hang out. We can do that at home. Um, we were kind of young and dumb. We didn't live intentionally and we really drifted apart in our marriage during those years because we didn't work on building our marriage and we didn't even realize it until we were forced by an ice storm to come together for three days. And it was kind of like, man, it's been a long, long time since we have spent, spent time just focusing on each other. I think what you just described described about 90% of everybody listening today. That's good. So 
kids love to dream about what they want to be when they grow up. Why don't you hear little kids dream about being great husbands and great wives? I've never heard a kid say that. So talk, talk to us a little bit about that. Well, I, you know, I would respond with a question. How many times um, have our kids heard that it's, that it's important to be a great husband and a great wife from the most important people in their lives? Yeah, probably not much. So I'll, I'll ask you a question. Did you ever have anybody tell you before the age of 18 that the most important thing in your life was to be a great husband? I don't think so. I don't, I don't remember it all. <laughs> yeah. If I did, I don't remember it. Let me ask you another question. You have teenagers. Right. Um, have you told your kids yet that the most important thing for them growing up is to be a great husband or wife and that their understanding of Jesus' love for them will be most evidenced in their marriage. Have you ever told your kids that? Those exact words have never come out of my mouth. Mine neither. Yeah. And like I'm teaching this and I'm doing this podcast and I'm thinking, you know, I don't think I've ever elevated for my kids that their most important role after being a Christian is to be a great spouse when they're married. Right. So I, I, I think our kids don't think it's important because no one's told them it's important yet. So I had an opportunity a couple of years ago to speak on this passage in Ephesians chapter 5 that you spoke to us today on. And literally within 30 seconds of me launching into my message, I had two individuals stand up and walk straight out of the auditorium. Later, I found out from a couple ushers who tracked them down into the parking lot and asked them, is there anything we can do kindly, respectfully, just like what what's going on? They said, this is a new series. This is a new message on marriage, and we don't need this. We're recently divorced. We don't need to hear this. Why over the course of the next three weeks, why should people who aren't married uh, continue to listen to the podcast and, and be here on the weekends? Okay, so the interesting thing is we're learning about marriage from Ephesians chapter 5. Right. From Paul, mm -hmm. who was not married. That's exactly right. So Paul said in Ephesians chapter 5, you study marriage as a Christian because it unlocks the mystery hmm. of the gospel. Hmm. So, I mean, our, our, our church is leveraging the topic of marriage to help us understand Jesus better. The foundation of our teaching is going to be the relationship between Jesus and his people. Um, if you love Jesus and you want to be closer to him, you'll come and listen. Listen, you don't have to be a Pharisee to learn from what Jesus said to them. You don't have to live in the desert and eat locusts, you know, to learn from Elijah or John the Baptist. That's good. And you don't have to be married to learn spiritually from biblical truth mm -hmm. about marriage. That's saying something more about your heart mm -hmm. and something unresolved in there than it is about the Bible. The Bible, you know, um, um, First Timothy 3 says every word of Scripture is God-breathed, and it's useful right. for all of us. Uh, so, you know, we're, we're learning about marriage to unlock the mystery of the gospel. And by learning the mystery of the gospel, we actually learn how to have better marriages. So that that, that's was, what we're doing. That was really good. Thank you. Well, in your message, Christian, you make four powerful statements about a healthy relationship with Jesus, which may or may not be true about us, right. which may or may not be true about those who are listening today. I want to read those statements real quick, and then I have a question to follow up. Those statements are, number one, I found someone in Jesus that I want to serve for the rest of my life. Number two, I have found someone in Jesus that I trust enough to submit to for the rest of my life. Number three, I have found someone in Jesus that I am motivated to sacrifice for because of how much he sacrificed for me. And the fourth one is this, I have found someone in Jesus that I am committed to add value to because his success and our success is more impactful than my success. 
Christian, why, why is it so important for our marriages and our relationships that the backdrop of the teaching is a proper heart towards Jesus? Okay, so for me, the first, the first message taught me way more about Jesus than marriage. Because right? mm-hmm. I had to ask myself these questions. Paul said a healthy relationship with Jesus looks like this. Mm-hmm. Because you know Jesus, you're willing to serve him for the rest of your life. You're willing to submit to him because you trust him. Uh, you're willing to sacrifice because you know how he sacrificed for you. Um, and you know his mission, and his mission makes your life have more purpose. Paul said without understanding these things, you don't really understand Jesus. And if you don't understand Jesus, you can't give the type of love that you've experienced. And here's the deal. We can't give love that we've never experienced because we just don't know what it looks like. We don't know how it feels. We don't know what it leads to. And sadly, we usually love our spouse like we are loved by them instead of how we are loved by Jesus. Wow. And that's a bad place to start because right. our spouse does not complete our need for unconditional love. Only Jesus does that. So when you approach marriage from marriage instead of the gospel and you say, will you, you know, will you serve your spouse for the rest of your life? So, well, it depends if they deserve, <laughs> you know, will they serve me? Right. Will you submit to your spouse? Well, it depends. So if we start with them, we never get there. But if we start with Jesus, we understand what that love looks like because he gave us that type of love. So we understand what it looks like, what it feels like, what it does for you, and you're able to give that in return. So you, you stayed in your, in your message, and I, and I believe you just mentioned this here just recently. If you don't have this heart towards Jesus, this heart that we just talked about, you'll never have this heart towards your spouse or your future spouse or a, a current relationship. Tell us, how have you seen this practically played out in your nearly ten de- two decades? You're not that old. <laughs> not that old. <laughs> nearly, you're nearly two decades of ministry, Christian. Well, you know, there's a famous movie line where Maverick from Top Gun tells the girl from Bridget Jones' Diary, you complete me. I've never seen um, that one. Yeah. All the, all the girls cry, you know, when he says it. It's so romantic. And all the guys are like, you know, that's a great line. It is. But it's a very real and very dangerous place to be in a in a relationship where you think that anybody completes you outside of Jesus because all of us have a hole in our heart that's made to be loved perfectly by one who is perfect and when we tr- when we give that space to anybody or we expect anybody but Jesus to fill that we are loved less than perfectly by one who is deeply flawed and we get injured badly uh, not only that The way we feel and guard, the way we feel love, the way we guard our love, the way we give love from that point forward is broken Mm. if we let a space that is designed to be loved perfectly by one who is perfect be inhabited by one who is flawed and loves in in a way that's flawed. You know, we, we, we really cheapen how we are supposed to love in return. But if we let Jesus fill that void... Not only do we experience perfect love from one who is perfect, but we have a healthy heart that gives that perfect love away because they've experienced what it feels like and they're fueled by it instead of empty of it. Um, Or they're left guarding what little love they have left so somebody else can't steal it and abuse it. Instead of ministering and loving out of the overflow of love, we try to guard the little bit that we have left. That's, That's really good. You know, one of the best books on marriages that I've recently read is, is a book by Tim Keller 
the meaning of marriage. In fact, if you're thinking about marriage or engaged, this is a book you've got to get into your library and perhaps read together. It's a great book. You use a quote in this in, in, from your, in your message. And, and I want to read the quote and then I have a question for you, Christian. The quote from Tim Keller says, Both men and women today want a marriage in which they can receive emotional and sexual satisfaction from someone who will simply let them be themselves. They want a spouse who is fun, intellectually stimulating, sexually attractive with many common interests, and, on, and who, on top of it all, is supportive of their personal goals and of the way they are living now. They also desire a spouse who is almost completely pulled together, someone very low maintenance without much in the way of personal problems, and someone who doesn't demand significant change. We are searching, therefore, for the ideal person, happy, healthy, interesting, and content in life. And then Tim Keller says this, Never before in history has there been a society filled with people so idealistic in what they are seeking in a spouse. So Christian, man, take a moment and speak to the individuals who are perhaps in a struggling marriage right now. They're single. Maybe there are some teens who are listening now. And, and just comment just a little bit more on this statement. Well, let me go back to Keller's last line. He said, never before in history has there been a society filled with people so idealistic and what they're seeking in a spouse. Um, you know, I, I don't think the seeking part is bad, and I don't think right. the idealistic part is bad. It's the spouse that's misdirected. Mm. Because Ecclesiastes 3.11 says, all of us are created with eternity in our heart. We, we are looking for the perfect person to fill, you know, the, the void in our heart that's looking for perfect right. love. And here's the deal. Jesus does that. Right. You know, if we back up and look at what Jesus says to us through the lens of Ephesians chapter 5, Jesus is saying, I have come to serve you for the rest of my life. I, I have come to submit my will to yours for the rest of my life. I have, I have come to sacrifice for you, for everything that you need. Um, I've come because I believe we're better together than we are apart. Like That's Jesus so actually provides what we're looking for. We just have to look to him and not a spouse or friend or a parent or sibling or child to give that to us. So you said take a moment, speak to individuals who are in struggling marriage, mm -hmm. single fo folks, teens that mm -hmm. might be listening. Um, one, I want you to know there's hope because of Jesus. There's hope because of Jesus, and the love you're looking for does exist, and it can be yours in Jesus. If you're in a struggling marriage, there is hope for healing. There's hope for forgiveness. There can be better days ahead, but you have to let Jesus in first. You have to give him his space in your heart first. If you're a single adult or you're a teenager, your greatest hope lies in your ability to give the place in your heart that longs for perfect love from the perfect person to Jesus. If you do this, you're going to experience the mystery of the gospel in your own life, and you're going to learn how to give love like you've received love, realizing that only Jesus completes you, and only Jesus really prepares you to understand and give marital love. And if you're divorced... Um, listen, lean into the one who will never leave you. While I cannot speak directly to the scenario of your divorce, I do know this. Jesus will never walk out on you. And Jesus will always take you back if you are the one who decided to walk out. And maybe learning about Christian marriage from our study will reveal some areas that had you known the first time around would have made your marriage different. 
and perhaps these can be some spiritual tools for you to lead your kids um, and to prepare for the next chapter of married life if God has that for your future. Because I meet a lot of divorced people who are mad at marriage. Right. They're not mad at their ex. They're mad at marriage. They're scared of marriage. Um, they're in they're in rebellion to marriage. But if we can learn how marriage unlocks the mystery. You know, hopefully we can begin to be at war with the things that cause the marriage to fall apart rather than the institution of marriage itself. That's really good, Christian. Man, this has been so helpful. And perhaps you're listening right now and you're in a great marriage. But statistics will tell us you know someone who's not. And so we encourage you, listen, send them the link to this podcast. Let them listen to this and hopefully their interest will spark and their heart will become softened to hear uh, the more important truth that uh, we're trying to share through this through this series. Christian, thank you again so much. I greatly, greatly appreciate how passionate you are about building healthy marriages. You, you teach on it. You host retreats. You, you stress the importance of a healthy marriage to your staff. So thank you for, for that, Christian. I look forward to the, the two remaining weeks of the series. And again, if you have any questions on marriage or relationships, email them to us at activate at takethejourney.cc. We'll catch you next time on the Activate Podcast, where we challenge you to build a faith that is active. Thank you for listening to Activate with Pastor Christian Newsom, a podcast of Journey Church International. As you heard in this episode, Christian answered several questions from some of our listeners. You might have a question you'd like to ask as well. To submit that question, all you need to do is send us an email to activate at takethejourney.cc. If you have enjoyed this podcast, we ask that you show your support by subscribing, rating, and reviewing on iTunes. Also, share this episode with all your friends on social media. Thanks again for listening, and we will catch you next time on the Activate Podcast.